0: Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeating the Philadelphia 76ers, who know they are no longer the top team in the East. That belongs to the highly touted Washington Wizards. But 8-4 coming into this game for the Sixers, 7-6 six now for the Raptors after being 500. Upon entering gameplay, winning 115-109, to 109, this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I am your host, Folk, and it is tough to put into words the stones on Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., O'Gianna Noby, and Chris Boucher, who deserves his love. These guys came together to provide the Raptors with a sterling performance. Does it matter that Joel Embiid was not in for this game? Of course, Joel Embiid is on his worst day, a top 15 player, and on his best day, perhaps the most dominant force in the league. He, he It is hard to measure his value. He is just everything. So he's not there. The Raptors also missing Pascal, who's struggled a little bit in the last game offensively. Defensively, I think he's been pretty fantastic since returning. But they had, they've had they had minutes restrictions. They didn't want to play him on a back-to-back. So the Raptors go in here with the starting five of Precious Achua back at center position. Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Fred Van Vliet. And good Lord, Fred Van Vliet, 32 points, six rebounds, seven assists, 50% from the floor, 54.5% from three, and only one turnover. Classically fantastic Fred Van Vliet game. The type of games we saw every once in a while last year where you just kind of have to clap, stand and clap and say, wow, what a performance your shot making, particularly from downtown, has moved you into such a valuable echelon of player and you're making great decisions on ball with that. Not to mention on the other side of the floor, you're one of the most valuable point guard defenders in the whole of the NBA. Even though Tyrese Maxey did boogie on him to some degree tonight, still very important. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, I said it you know, a few games ago and I thought to that point in the season that, OG had been the Raptors best player because I thought he'd been far and away their best defender and he had been playing, I thought, pretty good offense, not as positive as Fred on that end. But I thought, you know what? At this point in the season, OG is the Raptors best player. Now, I think over the past few games, Fred has really asserted himself as that guy. And it's not like they're in a race for Samson's approval or anything, right? It doesn't matter. I'm just saying Fred has been on such a torrid stretch of play. He looks great. He's playing great, and the Raptors are reaping their rewards, particularly in a game like this. Uh, The shot-making, taking a couple steps back. You know, just something we saw when the 76ers played the Raptors in the playoffs is that Fred got squeezed. They push him into the middle of the floor. He wouldn't have a counter. And in this one, he said, you won't get me to the middle of the floor unless I have a live dribble and I want to be there. Otherwise, I'm going to space it out. And if he had to take a couple steps back and shoot from 25, 26 feet. He did. And he hit all the same. He was in rarefied air. He was fantastic. And he really was the shepherd of this win for the Raptors. He was fantastic. And perhaps second in importance for this win to Fred Van Vliet, because he really was. He was everything in this game. And he kept them afloat in in the first half for sure. Dead possessions that funneled and filtered out to him above the break. And he's making something happen. Kept the team in it. But the Raptors team defense because they did play a lot of zone and zone, obviously more than man on man or man to man is a, a great barometer for how a team is playing together. And so you can't just choose one guy and say he makes the zone defense work. There's a cohesiveness that is obviously needed to play high level zone defense. The Raptors, particularly in that third quarter of the stretch where they came back into the game after giving up, you know, a hell of a run to the to the 76ers in the second quarter. It was it was just awesome to see because they sealed off the paint. They were able to board. Rebounding in the zone is way more difficult than rebounding in man to man because you don't have a natural box out partner. So everybody diligently communicating, finding their checks, getting to a guy, making sure they rebound, getting out on the other end running. Getting to a point where hey, We're getting stops. We can start to look for stuff to happen on the offensive end. And the Raptors sealing off the paint, rebounding. I'm repeating myself, but it was really impressive. And making entry passes really difficult. That length at the top of the zone, making life hell for the 76ers. And for a young player like Tyrese Maxey, who was cooking in the pick and roll coverage. And when he would have an isolation situation or he got to attack second side action or something like that, he was fantastic. He was causing so much rotation. The Raptors said, okay, just let's take a break from all that. Let's relax. Let's make them try and find soft spots against our length. Let's see if they can do it. And to their credit, the Raptors denied a lot of those soft spots and covered for them when they were found. They forced a lot of difficult shots in this one. And particularly in that third quarter, on the strength of that zone defense, cohesiveness, intelligence, and field defensively Awesome to see. Very happy with that. And, you know, just guys who were great. O.G. Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. and Chris Boucher. Scotty Barnes, of course. And Chris Boucher, I think, in particular, deserves credit for, you know, it is not always inherently simple to use your physical gifts in an NBA game. It's a complicated game. Defenses, at court level, they make it tough to find where they're lacking. And particularly for a guy like Chris Boucher who wants to get out and run, wants to punish on the offensive glass, wants to get put backs, wants to rim run in the pick and roll, and wants to pop for threes. Like he just there's a, a finite amount of things that he wants to do. And if that's something a he's not either succeeding at or that's not available to him, he can look lost on that end. And in this game, the help side defense and the scoring punch was really on display, and he found himself in the right spots more often than any other game so far this season. And to his credit, was in the right spots and converted on that as well, provided a massive punch, a shot in the arm to the Raptors, who looked a little bit like there was a malaise cast over them, right? And Chris Boucher bringing some real punch off the bench was of paramount importance. I thought he was fantastic in this game. And then Gary Trent Jr. and O.G. Ananobi, the tandem, uh, doing things in a very different way. Gary Trent Jr. just strictly shot-making and not his best defensive game, I wouldn't say. And, like, that's okay. He's been so good defensively, and he's hit all those home run plays that, you know, there can be a drop-off every now and again. Same with O.G., large part of this game, OG was less effective defensively than I think we're used to seeing. Towards the end of the game, though, that had really changed course. And he was defending, I mean, in particular, above the break actions with a a venom that made him very potent as a defender. And we saw that result in, you know, a steal above the break and many actions that the 76ers wanted to run on his side of the floor that stagnated and they had to switch play and try and attack from a different location. And that's that's what you want to do, right? You're not just going to steal the ball and bust out in transition every single time. Sometimes you just have to stop the offense from what they want to do, make them go to counters, see where things lie at the end of it all. And then at the end of the game, the Raptors, you know, was the shot that OG Ananobi created for Gary Trent Jr. one of incredibly high quality? Absolutely not. And I'm talking about the the three that Gary Trent Jr. hit late. Uh, it wasn't of the highest quality. Gary Trent Jr. made a really difficult shot. That came after OG Ananobi. They had tried to screen for him. He did take the screen. He got downhill. He had two players shading him. I think he was, you know, remembering like, damn, Andre Drummond's a big dude. If I go straight up, I'm going to get blocked. If I go, if I take like a jump stop and I lose Andre Drummond, Tobias Harris will also be following me, and he'll be crowding my shot at the rim as well. So it seems like a lose-lose for him if he went up. Just And, you know, there's players like Kyle Lowry, for example, Raptors fans will, of course, be familiar with, who would be able to manipulate his body into the space and draw free throws. Like, that's the type of advantage OG created for himself. It resulted in him going baseline with a pass, finding Gary Trent Jr., who was forming up off his drive. He hit an awesome shot. Very next possession. He comes down and they try and run that same pick and roll. Andre Drummond, you know, there's a lot like Drummond, when he came into the league as, you know, a rookie and was pickpocketing Dwayne Wade when Dwayne Wade was still a big deal and was, you know, playing really high level ball. And he see Andre Drummond is a super athletic big who's capable of doing many things. He stepped out. He said, don't switch the screen. I want OG. Well, OG crossover between the legs, boogied on him, got downhill everybody on that 76ers defense sunk in and he found fred relocating to the corner and that was just so awesome to see that og got to bring the ball up they used fred off ball and no kidding they did that because he was shooting the hell out of the ball so yeah use him as a spacer and you can run second side action if something doesn't work out just give og a shot see what it can do two possessions in a row six points created and the shot, he, the shot he was able to create to play make to Fred was of extremely high quality. You couldn't have asked for a better opportunity at that point in the game. This is what moved the chains for the Raptors. This is what kept them going. And not to mention the steal where he got out on the break for the dunk, and then when he relocated for a three himself that he hit, all these plays down the stretch of the game, OG Ananobi is melding together this step towards I'm a guy who creates... And also still honing in and saying, I am also a wonderful tertiary option. I can exist in the offense without dominating the ball and be a major positive. And not to mention, like, a ton of great screens set throughout the game. So while it wasn't, like, a huge, robust game for OG, 20 points, four boards, four assists, I thought it was really, really encouraging. I... The, the game against the Knicks, of course, was just fantastic because there was some significant on-ball chops in that game. But games like this from OG being a pedestrian thing for him is exactly what the Raptors need. It's what any player who's looking to do what he does needs. I mean, you can read what I wrote prior to the season about how his all-star future isn't as like this insane on-ball guy. It's an amalgam of all the different things that he's been able to do. And you could read Louis Sassman, You Sassman. Know, he wrote a fantastic piece for the 538. And you can see that he's also describing a similar thing that he's carving out a unique and novel path to all-star slash most improved player status. It's, he's, done, he's doing a fantastic job, and it's completely his own thing. And, and the Raptors also continue to use him when they have early offense and he can generate low post position. They just go to him, and he bullies guys in there, and they say, see what rotations you can generate from the defense. If there's like a little drop-off pass, a little dump-off pass for an easy layup, we'll take that, obviously. But if not, see if you can find a three-pointer, especially if Scotty Barnes is bringing the ball up on the strong side. Well, that's stupid. The the side of the ball is always the strong side. If Scotty Barnes is bringing the ball up on the side that OG's posted up on, then Fred will be the guy on the opposite side of the floor if the three are sharing it, right? And so you have OG who will get a post-up. He'll be in the middle of the floor, and he can rotate. He can generate some defensive attention, and Fred can relocate. He can form up. He can use his ability as a spacer and an off-ball shooter to be more potent. These are the natural quirks and rhythms that we're looking to see from these guys playing together. That's exactly what you want to see. This is chemistry. This is gelling. This is reaching a higher level. And of course, the 76ers without Embiid are a non-remarkable team. But the Raptors, you have to beat the non-remarkable teams, and they did tonight. And largely on the strength of guys like OG and Fred and Boucher with that significant pop, and Svi as well, who was just an absolute terror defensively and was plugging in on offense in all the ways you would want. He had three offensive boards, Those extra possessions have been the lifeblood of the Raptors offense so far this year, particularly in a game where they didn't force many turnovers and had less than 20 points off of turnovers. You need those extra possessions. You need that potency from downtown from guys like Fred and and Svi and Gary Trent Jr. for that matter to help drive your half-court offense because you're not getting out in transition you're not getting those easy easy transition looks as often because you're not generating those turnovers and that's how the Raptors a team that is in the half court challenged a little bit offensively managed to score 115 and honestly like a fantastic job of sticking to their defensive principles and while yes Furcon Korkmaz was the guy who did he get loose uh, it, at the first part of the game yeah the Raptors are peeling off that corner they're pinching in right and they they want wild closeouts to the corner. They're fine with trying to generate those turnovers to apply a lot of pressure on those drives. Really, that's what they want to do. And while Korkmaz seemed like he was going to burn it in the building down, he ended up 3 of 10 from downtown, 3 of 11 from the game. And, you know, Seth Curry, it seemed like the same thing, but he ended up at 4 and 12 too. The pressure that the Raptors are applying, they really worked against those guys over the course of the game. Tyrese Maxey... You know, T- Tobias Harris actually had a fantastic game too, but well, not fantastic, but I thought Tobias Harris was pretty good in this game. Tyrese Maxey was the best at dealing with the pressure the Raptors are throwing at him. He found a a lot of fantastic shots for himself, but b a lot of looks for teammates too. Just a really subtle manipulation of the Raptors' defense, possession in and possession out. He was awesome. His shot making, obviously, his scoring 33 was on a level. And Shake and Milton also added a little bit of punch in that regard, too. But the Raptors, the game plan worked in this one. And would it be as sustainable if the three-point shots weren't falling like they were? Of course not. But that's why you play the games. That's why, you know, I was talking to a, a friend of mine on the TL who, you know, a- after the Raptors, with that fantastic zone defense, they got back into the game, yes, by holding them to, you know, these long droughts for the 76ers offensively, but the Raptors also, Scotty Barnes and uh, Fred VanVleet, kind of defying the odds because Scotty Barnes hits two mid-range jumpers, which, uh, you know, heavily covered mid-range jumpers as well. He's hitting them. Is that really his bag? Not, Not really. I mean, we have to see a much larger sample size if that's really something he'll do. Like, he'll deflate a defense the same way Kevin Garnett did in his prime. That remains to be seen. But Fred Van Vliet also got to a mid-range jumper, got to the rim twice. Like, this stuff is not emulated easily in the Raptors' uh, offense, but it happened. And, uh, yeah, Hoop Goose on Twitter had said, uh, you know, take that luck adjusted ratings because – the luck-adjusted net ratings and stuff like that have actually looked really, really poorly on the Raptors and have suggested, uh, similar to the Mavericks, who also are, you know, the the bane of luck-adjusted's uh, whole existence. Uh, both those teams are supposedly punching way above their weight currently. But like I was saying, that's why you play the game because you can adjust luck. You can do all this, and sure, you can. That can be a good reminder of what teams are good at. But at the end of the day. Lucky or not lucky, they get a W. And of course, you know, you can you can definitely look at that stuff, and I enjoy that stuff too, and it can be a good barometer for the future, of course, and you can keep it in mind. But you play the game, shots fall or they don't, and the Raptors, to their credit, got more to fall down the stretch than than the 76ers did. Okay, also something I wanted to talk about was Precious Achua got swallowed up at the rim by Drummond. That play they overturned at the end, I... It was one of the cleanest blocks I've ever seen in my life. Drummond tracked his steps. He met him at the top. He got ball before he got anything. He didn't touch Precious until after he had already gotten the ball. There's, you know, on most blocks, there's contact on the follow-through and everything. But for this reason, so you can go and try and make a play on the ball, you know, the NBA rules is like, if you get the ball, whatever happens afterwards, as long as it's not insanely dirty or, you are like kicking them or something, you know, it's it's clean, and he just got ball, and he blocked the hell out of Precious, and there's a reason they overturned it. It was because it was a super clean block, but my God, the Raptors, a super entertaining game, and mostly, I think, down the stretch, to the credit of, you know, OG, that late creation, Fred, that, that late shot-making, and the team as a whole playing a, a nice brand of defense. Despite giving up that 9-0 run to the 76ers, it seemed like, did they take the punch, and they're not going to punch back? Luckily for them, or not luckily, something they earned, they were able to punch back in this game. I thought it was fun. I thought it was super, super fun. Reggie Evans Award couldn't go to anybody else besides Chris Boucher. Chris, you were everywhere on the court tonight. You were omnipresent. And I think the hustle really showed a visceral existence out there that every fan, you know, analyst, announcer, whoever could pick up on and notice. I thought he was just. fantastic both sides of the floor in a lot of spaces high leverage areas making good on those opportunities and uh yeah bringing that punch and in a different way than reggie evans did but still embodying that unbelievable effort that reggie evans always brought to it and uh yeah time for the top quick reaction comment this one is from box and one quote look i'm happy we won really but that officiating was an absolute joke there needs to be some kind of accountability from questionable to bizarre. Seen a lot over many years, but really, WTF? FEV had the stones and F them all. Great five-on-eight win for us tonight. End quote. Yeah, man. Uh, any close game, you'll find any fan base will complain about the refing. I, I didn't think they were getting jobbed or anything, man. I, I don't know. I also think it's the least interesting thing to talk about in sports ever, but because every fan base thinks that they're getting screwed over. And by the way, it's like, it's not just Raptors fans, but every fan base always thinks they're getting screwed over. And whatever you want to read into for subjective validation or whatever that means, right? I don't know. But I think because every fan base talks about it all the time, every single close game, that's something that I just don't care to talk about. I I understand why it's cathartic. I understand why the... The comments section likes it. But this, every fan of every team talks about this after every single close game. Wow, the refs tried to screw us. So, and you know what? Maybe they did. Uh, thanks for writing in boxing one. Thanks for listening, listener. But whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.